0: This episode of the Fit Cookie Nutrition Podcast is brought to you by Inside Tracker. Go to Insidetracker.com slash FitCookie to save twenty five percent off of your entire order for the entire Inside Tracker store today. Hello, and welcome to the Fit Cookie Nutrition Podcast. My name is Holly Samuel, and I'm a registered dietitian, personal trainer, and master of education, and I am your host on this podcast. Today on the show, we are honored by having Thomas Bailey, aka Tommy Runs, on the podcast today to talk about his running journey. We dive into all things in his running journey, which includes veganism, sobriety, his super epic marathon PR that he literally just ran yesterday. So I was super excited to talk to him the day after he accomplished his Boston qualifying marathon time. He is also the founder of Chip Time Running Apparel, which is an apparel company that sells clothing to support the running lifestyle. And he is the host of his own podcast called Runny Sleep Show. I've been featured on his podcast before, and I knew that I had to have him on mine as well because he is just a fantastic human and awesome to talk to, and I needed to learn more about his running journey. So before I spoil anything else about Tommy Runs and his running journey, I really hope that you are enjoying this podcast and if you are, if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, I would really appreciate it so that other people can find the podcast and hear cool stories like Tommy's, just like you. And just so you know, too, I do read all of the reviews. So if you read it or if you write me something, uh, I'll get to read it and it'll make me really excited and I'll do a little happy dance. So if you want me to do a little happy dance, if you could write a review for the show, I would really appreciate it. Now before we get started, I also want to thank everyone who has been listening to the show so far. I know we have been underway for a little bit less than a year in the making, and I'm just super grateful to have all of you listening to the podcast because I've it's really given me the opportunity to talk in more detail about super cool topics, have really great conversations like this one and with many other people as well, and I would really like to continue doing it. So, Again, if you want to leave me a rating so that I can keep doing the show (laughs) and so that more people can find it and benefit from the stories and information that um, come from the show's episodes, I'd really appreciate it. But without further ado, let's get into this episode with Tommy Renz. Hi, Tommy, and welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you today.
1: Hey, how's it going? How are you doing?
0: Good. How are you doing, sir? You just did a big thing yesterday.
1: I did. I did. Um, I'm doing pretty good. The legs are absolutely sore, shot almost. Um, stairs, having stairs, like if you have a ranch, that's what you want. All marathoners should just live in a ranch with no stairs. I have I have a ranch, but we have stairs to the basement and this is where I'm at right now. So essentially I have just come down and I'm not going back up until I'm ready, you know?
0: Yeah. You should have like a broom. You can like hit the ceiling and then someone can leave you something at the bottom of the stairs if you need it. So you can just stay there all day.
1: Yeah. I need one of those things like in those houses where they like to send food down through the thing. Maybe like at the bank that you just shoot the food up and whatever. That'd be great. I need one of those for sure. Oh yeah. Well, congrats.
0: Well, we can definitely dive into what you just did yesterday because I definitely want to talk about that today. But for those of you who don't know? Who haven't followed Tommy runs on his
1: journey? He ran a pretty big PR yesterday. So tell us what you did. Uh, yeah, so yesterday I ran in the uh, Glass City Marathon in Toledo, Ohio. Um, the The goal was to qualify for Boston. That was the ultimate goal, but you know, my personal goal. I mean, because I think my cutoff for my age group is um, three hours and five minutes. But I had trained for two hours and fifty minutes. Um and ended up doing a fairly good job and ran 248.44 or 24843 to be exact. Sorry. Um 248.43 and had a it was a great day. Um a lot of friends and family around. So that was really, really fun to do. So the legs are paying for that effort today.
0: Yes, absolutely. As they do, but that's always exciting too when you put in the training for something and then it gets to come together on race yeah. day. But before we dive into the rest of your running journey, uh, tell us who Tommy Runs is um, and what you do and where you're from.
1: Um, so Tommy Runs, I mean, I'm a cool guy, you know, I like to hang out at the park, you know. Um, yeah, so I, I'm from Detroit, Detroit, Michigan area. I've been around, uh, been around here for quite a long time, moved to Boston area for six or seven years when I was like between the ages of like 23 to 30 ish. Uh, and then came back here to be closer to family and things, and babysitters for the kids, you know. Uh, so grandmas are around here, so that was nice. And you know, Tommy runs as uh, I just started running you know, in 2018. Uh, you know, somewhat, you know, serious—I guess not serious, obviously—but uh, you know, training and trying to actually have some go- setting goals and going after them in you know 5Ks and things. Whether I was doing it properly or not, that's a different story. But that's that's where I kind of started my running journey. Um, and, you know, I work for a, a vehicle shipping company based in Massachusetts. That's why I was in the Boston area. Uh, I still work for them remotely now, so that's kind of cool, but I have, now I have a, a clothing company called Chip Time Running. So running has opened up a lot of, uh, different avenues for me at the moment. So it's been really cool. I don't know if I really answered it well, but oh, and I'm a Leo, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a vegan as well too. So we, we have to talk about that.
0: Absolutely. Oh well you're Leo the lion who's a vegan. So that's yeah, great.
1: It's it's perfect. It's yeah, awesome. Perfect.
0: I'm a Leo too. So I just I knew I liked you. Um I'm not a vegan, but I I, I pretend to be a couple times a week. Um, okay. <laughs> So essentially, yeah. I mean, can you, cause you didn't start running that long ago, uh, seriously, like you said, and now we're at a two forty-eight marathon, um, and a big, big BQ. I mean, if you don't get into Boston with that buffer, I don't know if there's hope for any of us, Uh, (laughs) but can you talk a little bit about like your background with running, like kind of when did you start and why, and you know, how, how did you kind of get started with that journey because I know it looks different for a lot of people and it seems like you haven't been running like your whole life like some people run 248 marathons may say
1: (laughs) yeah Uh, so um the first time like I actually tried to run any like a uh, first time I ran a race was in the thing in 2015 my sister uh was you know kind of like she calls like a hobby jogger type of thing but she had run the savannah bridge run um a couple times and was like hey you should do it with me because basically at the time I wasn't doing anything so she's like hey let's let's do this let's train together so I was like sure you know it's a three miles I'll I'll try to figure it out and I'll I'll go with you and I my that training for that was like literally I'd run one mile and get tired and then the next day I tried to do two and I think I had got up to maybe four and a half miles and I was super pumped about it and there was no like pacing you know plan or anything like that Uh, And I went and ran the race. Savannah Bridge is a very tall bridge. Um, And at one point, I remember looking down at my feet, trying to make sure that I was actually moving forward. Because it just felt like I was like just jogging in place. It was the worst experience ever. And needless to say, after that that race, that run, I was like, no bueno, we're not doing this again. And I had like a knee brace on during the race. I'm not sure if that was because of shoes or diet or whatever it was. But I just like, oh, this, this knee thing, I'll never be a runner. That's fine. I'm okay. I'm done. Didn't think about running at all again until 2018. A, a client of mine challenged me to help them raise money for a, a, a nonprofit uh, called Move for Hunger. Um, I'm in the moving industry, moving and storage type of industry. so Or the relocation industry. So um, he's like, hey, you should come out, help us raise some money, run a half marathon with my company. We, we, we do the Chicago rock and roll. Um, half. So you should come out. This was in the summer of 2018. My funny part was after I ran yesterday, my sister uh, sent me a text message from me to her on May 18th of 2018 that said, hey, I think I'm going to run a half marathon. And she's like, you you know, she sent that like the gif of like, you can do it. Just go, go, ahead, go ahead, start putting in the work. And I was like, that's all I needed to hear. And then I just started trying to do the work in that And I ran that race with like really high expectations. For some reason, I wanted to run 125. Um, Wow! I mean, high expectations. Yeah, I I I don't even know if I knew like what was normal or what was expected. I'm like, I'm gonna run 125. I'm gonna train for it, which just meant go run hard all the time or try to end up catching a stretch a stress fracture in my foot. Um and didn't run for three weeks before the race. So I was doing like treadmill and the rowing machine and all that stuff, trying to like stay somewhat fit. Uh ran the race, ran a 149, which isn't bad. Um, but it wasn't what I what it wasn't what I was looking for. Um, but I kind of blamed it on the fact that I had the stress fracture and all that stuff. So I didn't die in the race, um, made it to the finish, cried like a baby. Um, like happy. And, you know, it was just a really big moment for me, I guess. And so after that I was like hooked to the process of running uh, the process of the thought of setting a goal and, you know, maybe going after it. And I didn't know what training was at the time, really. So I can't really say I was in love with the process yet, but I just liked that feeling of just being out there and testing like that limit of, of the human body. And, um, and actually Let's be honest, I probably was upset because the people passed me that I didn't think should. So I was like, oh, man, if they can do it, I can do it, too. Let's get out here and get after it.
0: Yeah, like, let's go beat yesterday, Tommy. Like, let's go. Yeah,
1: Um, for sure. sure.
0: Well, that's pretty crazy that you did, like, your first half marathon after having a stress fracture, like, and did really well. I mean, especially for a first race, like that's that's a great time. And like full Kellen Taylor, like running a great time on a broken foot. <laughs>
1: yeah, <right>. exactly.
0: All <laughs> right. Well, and I was gonna say, like, um you had done the Savannah Bridge race with your with your sister and didn't have a great experience, and then you did this and had a complicated experience, but it finished with you wanting to do it again, which I think mm-hmm. is really interesting. And and the most important way to kind of kick off your running journey and one question I have too like because you kind of went from yeah my knee kind of hurts don't really want to be a runner to I have a broken foot but let's run a half marathon Um, (laughs) like when you learned how long like a full marathon was were you
1: ever kind of like yeah I'll never do that or were you like oh yeah yeah no I think um uh I think that I yeah when I ran the half I didn't it wasn't like oh I could run a full it was just Oh, I'd like to try that again, and maybe try to get better at this thing. Um, and the first time when I had the, you know, the years ago when it was the, when I ran the five k with the bad knee thing, for some reason I had, I think I, I, I think I fi- figured out that it was more about like a diet and lifestyle situation than it was, you know, having a bum knee or something like that. Because I had I was in the gym and I had a lot of life changes, like stopped drinking in two thousand seventeen. Um I started running after I had gone vegan, so I felt different and had this different level of energy that I wanted to use, so I was in the gym and all that stuff and I figured like the knee thing was gone, and it was i didn 't have to wear the knee brace or whatever um I think the the doctors told me the right thing in the with the foot because it was like it 's just overuse too much too fast um and i didn 't have proper shoes I think I was wearing like those they weren 't Nike freeze, but they were like the 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 adidas version of those like the ones that you can bend in half you know, you know i was weren't wearing those because they were in the running section of the website so that was you know like that played a lot into it so i wasn't like oh running caused this it was just maybe you know my lack of um, experience so after i ran that race i reached out to a couple of people because i was posting a lot of the you know runs and stuff like that and some this guy was like always commenting on my stuff and, you know, kind of nicely and things. So I just hit him up and said, Hey, would you be able to help me? Like maybe plan to do something better, you know? And he's like, yeah, sure. So he wrote up this plan. Um, and I just tried, tried to do it and it worked out. And so I just kind of, um, got better from there. And I don't remember the moment I was like, Hey, let's do it. Let's do a marathon. But it was, it wasn't too far after like I started kind of going through the process. Yeah. And that's like, that's
0: one of the things too that makes me crazy about beginner runners is like if you just don't get the right guidance or if you get told like, oh, you're just going to have a bum knee forever or like, yeah. you know, running causes stress fractures, yeah. you know, if you're kind of, if it's framed that way, it makes people like stop or just not yep. kind of be over that hump of learning how to, you know, have the right gear and eat correctly yep. and recover correctly. And then it kind of like, you know, just puts an early end to many running journeys. So I'm glad that you at least got some good advice and were able to spring forward with that. Yeah, for um, sure. And when you, I didn't realize too that you had stopped um, like drinking and became vegan before you really started running. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about like what led up to that and how that came to be?
1: Um, so, the the drinking part. So the so in 2007, I stopped drinking in on um, January 11th, 2017. I'm like, I can't act like I don't know the date. Um, and it, that came about, you know, just because I had. I mean, I was definitely an alcoholic um, and technically, like in my opinion, and the way that, you know, I've worked the programs and things that I still am and, you know, I just don't drink, you know, and I've decided that that's not the way for me anymore. And, you know, alcohol had, had, you know, taken over, you know, my life to a point where like it was just so normal and natural um, that it was hard to even think about you know, stopping, you know what I mean? Like, you know, runners will say like, wow, I just ran a marathon. I couldn't even imagine ever doing that. Like at one point I couldn't have run them. I I didn't think I could run a mile. And that's the way it was for me with drinking. It was like, you'd hear people say that they don't drink at all, or they have been sober for 30 days. I was like 30 days. That's a long time. You know, like, what do you do? Um, But it just, everything kind of came to a point where I had to get control back. I didn't feel like I had freedom um, and say so when you, when you go through like a new year's resolution and you're like, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm not going to drink for a month or, and then you don't make it for, you make it like three days. That's when it's like, okay, something's going on here and I don't have any control of this and it has to be, and it is affecting, you know, other areas of my life, my relationships, my job and all that. Luckily I hadn't gone down like this road of everything was you know falling apart. You know, I I caught it at a point where I felt like if I didn't do something soon, it could have led to a lot of those things. Um, So I don't think I hit like rock bottom, I guess people say, from the outside looking in, but I knew inside I was just a wreck, you know, and I needed some type of freedom from that. And I found that like with that choice to stop and go to, you know, AA meetings and things like that uh, and work the program, I found that and the running that control and um, structure is more, it's more freeing than, than, than the, than, than the opposite of just living like this YOLO type of life where it's like, I do anything and everything, you know? Um, And at the, at the, we pay a cost for so many of the things that we consider like the YOLO lifestyle, you know, like you should be able to go do and whatever you want, but, Having some type of control and guidance to say like but it's I'm going this direction you know and that's why I really liked I'm bouncing around but that's why I really liked the training programs and the concept of training for a race um, you know because obviously you're gonna have wiggle room and you need to kind of bounce around and change things based on if you're you can't run this day because your kids have a thing or whatever it is like you have some leeway there but the structure, takes like this the, the the looming thought of running a marathon kind of away from your everyday life it's just like this is I just do one thing I take care of today and move on and that's like the whole concept of AA is just one day at a time um, so anyway so I, I stopped drinking then and that led to me getting in the gym because all of a sudden I'm like wow no one goes to the gym drunk you know not no one but most people don't right so I'm like wow so now I have all this time uh, doing AA meetings, feeling great. Let me do something with this energy. So I started going to the gym, started lifting weights, got, like, you should see the pictures. It's actually pretty odd now looking back at it, but I got all buff and stuff. Um, and then I, um, was doing that for about a year. My sister-in-law challenged me to, she's not challenged me, but she's like, Hey, we should go, we should go, um, vegetarian for seven days, you know? Um, and I was like, or 14 days, she said. And I'm like, OK, let's do it. You know, and after like day two of that, I realized the only thing I had that was holding me to like a vegetarian life instead of vegan was like eggs. So I was like, well, let me just I'll just stop that to see where, where I can do that for 14 days because um, I had stopped drinking alcohol by like, you know, maybe 12 or 13 months at that point. So I was like, I might as well try it. Felt amazing after two weeks and just felt like this different level of energy than I have that I ever had, even more so than cutting out the liquor. Um, and I just said, Hey, we're, we're here, you know? And then that led into it was, so when he challenged me to do the race in 2018, it was like perfect timing because like, sure, I'll do whatever, you know, let, let's go. Like anything that made me feel better, I uh, had to put work in for, um, take myself to that dark place again, you know, but, but for a reason, uh, or for something positive, I wanted to do it.
0: That's great right And I I um I thought it was very interesting too that you said like becoming um vegan consistently, you know, for more than just a couple of days, like made you feel like you had even more energy than when you quit alcohol. Like that's a very interesting comparison and speaks a lot, I think, to that lifestyle.
1: Yeah, because um it, I cause like I, it, it was weird. I mean, that's how that's why it was so shocking to me because I I had that big surge of like, wow, I've got a you know, my eyes are opening, like, when you, when you drink as much as I was that I was at the time, it's like, you can feel like your face, like, you can just feel like an, like an awakeness, then it's weird, it's a weird switch, you know, and so when I started, when I went vegan for two weeks, it was like solid vegan, like I got this was in 2018, not to say that, like, veganism has come a long way in the last three years, you know, and so it was all like real whole foods, it wasn't it wasn't Impossible Burgers, not to say that I don't eat them because I do, um, but it was like, you know, it was grains, you know, legumes, like it's vegetables, fruits. And it was really whole food, like a really whole food vegan approach. And I think that that was the reason why I had so much energy at that time. And it was like the perfect switch. And I just saw like the light bulb turned on. Like, I feel amazing. I, f- I wake up. I feel like sustainable, if that makes sense. And I'm like, I'm doing this and did it for a few weeks, watched what the health, it was like perfect timing. Like, I'm good. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. You're like, yes, this, this really seals it in for me. <laughs> yeah, Cause
1: I think people watch like stuff like that and they watch it from a place of like they're, they're eating the things that they're watching. Um, and it makes them kind of pull back, but they don't necessarily understand the connection of the benefits of it. So I was, I had watched it. While I was already feeling it, not sure why I was feeling this way. And then some of it just described, like explained, this is why you feel bad. So I'm like, oh, I'm the opposite of that. And, I, and that, this is why. So uh, it, it made a lot of sense to me. And, you know, I was a huge, like, I loved cooking and I still do. But I, if you, like my family, like says every now and then like, oh, we miss when you used to eat, you know, everything because you're the best cook. I'm like, well, I mean, I can cook you something now, but, you know, it's going to be a little different. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm still a good cook.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Don't like, don't throw, don't throw shade. Like I can do some stuff still, but it's just not necessarily what they want to eat at the moment. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: I think there's, um, like you said, whenever someone becomes vegetarian or vegan or pescatarian or any kind of like restriction around animal products, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's different reasons why. And I think, you know, if you feel so much better and if, you know, you really like the idea of not eating animals or animal products, it's really good motivation for it to feel sustainable, like you said. And if someone's, yeah. you know, not ready to cut those things out, or maybe they don't, they haven't kind of felt the difference, then why would they want to, you know? Yeah, it, so, yeah it's, um,
1: it's tough. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's great that it works for you too. And that's, that's just like a huge three, you know, not even 360, 180 from where you know you said you were when you started so i was gonna ask like how'd your nutrition and diet look before you started running it sounds like it was very very different yeah and that you kind of made some changes along the way
1: yeah like i think before I, before drinking i mean before drinking before stopping uh, um going sober um it was everything like um fr- fried this fried that um you know like I would like literally. I would try anything. I mean, you know that's Remember that show with like Andrew Zimmern, where he'd go around like eating weird stuff. Like I was like, I watched that show, loved that show, and I would try anything one time at least, right? And I cooked all this stuff that was just looking back on it. It's just so unhealthy. It tastes so good though. You know all. You know whatever. Uh, but after I stopped drinking, started going to the gym. The 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 physical fitness kind of like compelled me to like slow down on some of it. You know, I mean I was definitely eating like, you know, fish chicken and you know red meat but just not as much red meat. It was just fish and chicken and things like that. Trying to like be as lean or whatever as possible and not shoot myself in the foot, I guess, or like have you know, you're doing all this working out all the time but you're you're feeding your body this crap. So I was trying to keep it as clean as possible. So like I was aware, you know, and I knew people that were had been vegan for years and admired their that that discipline. So like I kind of leaned more towards that and without kind of without knowing it. And so that's why, like when I decided to do this challenge, it was really easy for me to just say, okay, let me, let me try this out because I'd seen people that didn't look like the whole, you know, usual vegan looked, you know, like that whole, when you think of a vegan, you think you don't think of, you think of something that like, you don't want to be, you know, but I knew a bunch of people that were like that uh, were, were vegan at the time and they were just fine. They were healthy, strong, and all that so i was like yeah let me try it out oh
0: yeah absolutely it can it can totally be done like you said you didn't just say all right i'm gonna go from you know the the regular doritos to the purple ones because those are vegan and i'm just gonna yeah. switch to oreos because those are vegan you
1: yeah know? i didn't find out oreos were vegan until <laughs> well into my vegan journey and the moment i did it it the, I've, uh, there's a packet there's a thing of the, of uh, oreos upstairs and I mean, they, like the, my family needs to hide them like <laughs> there's a problem. There's a problem there. And I need to I need to I need to think about that. I need to solve.: self- a, a really good day when you found out that Oreos were vegan. Tell it was the me. best. It was the best day, like because I, mean, I hadn't had them in so long anyway, because yeah. when I was drinking, um, I'm sure you probably know the reason. But when I was a drinker for a, a long time, like I didn't like sweets. I did, didn't bother with sweets. I didn't need them. I didn't want them um at parties I just wouldn't have the cake you know like I just didn't want it and as soon as I stopped drinking like a week or so later I was like wow this cake is pretty good and then you just then it just took off you know like I had to like get that under control because I'd never been a sugar type of guy uh but now I just I'm a you just got to keep it away yeah stop drinking add running
0: that's like a that's a perfect storm for having a sweet tooth (laughs) yeah
1: exactly right yeah
0: Yeah, well, that's awesome. And in terms of, um, you know, it sounds like starting running and even starting to lift weights before you were, you know, considering yourself a runner, that really helped like um, you adjust like your your nutrition because you wanted to be able to recover and like go back to the gym and do workouts again and not feel terrible all the time when you started running more seriously, like, you know, whether, you know, it was 2018 or even beyond, like, how did you find it? Did you find like it shaped like your image of self or like kind of how you prioritize your goals at all, like in your day? Like, how did it affect
1: things outside of running? I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Um, I don't like in the beginning, um, yeah, you know, and now I think it took a while for like that to happen where I was like, oh, this uh, and you have to kind of sit back like a lot of things, you just have to sit back and actually uh, just think about how whatever you're doing in life affects the other things, you know. Um, and it was one of those moments where it's like, I think the, the when it really happened was when I did my first actual like training block for the 2019 um, Detroit Free Press. So in in january or some something like that i think i text my sister all right i finished a race and she was really impressed with the time it was like a half marathon through like the woods or something as a trail race and she's like wow you're so fast you should qualify for boston because she she lived in boston for a little bit the same area as i did um and she's like that'd be really cool if you could go back and run you know run the race um so she said you should do that and i'm like oh i think maybe i could that'd be a cool way to go about it how do i feel like let's sit down and figure out how this, how I'd make that happen. Cause I had no idea. I was just running like a 5k or so. And a, maybe a half marathon. I didn't know what, right. what Boston looked like or how you get there, but I knew it was a big deal for the city of Boston, you know, and, and just new England as a whole. Um, so I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. Let's figure this out. So we, we were like virtually, like I was here in Michigan she was in Savannah. So, so we got on the phone, we, she went on the website, she said, okay, so you need to run a, a Boston qualifier course And this amount of time, um, prepare for a buffer because every year there's a lot, you know, like my thing at the time was, was three hours, I think at the time. And I would, by the, by the time I would actually run the race, it was going to be three Oh five. So she's like, you'd have to run at least like a three Oh three or three Oh two. And I was way, I was very far away from that. So I'm like, how do I get from where I'm at now to this thing? And it was, somebody had suggested like do Hal Higdon, um, and I just it was, I I needed some more interaction than just looking at this thing. So I somehow I found out like through Luke Humphreys running, which is like the hand they they he's the guy that wrote Hanson Marathon Method. Mm-hmm. So I found out about him, ended up getting hooked up. Oh, one of my the lady I used to run with, she she was coached by one of their their people that does more of the ultra running side of things. So she referred me to them, and I ended up getting hooked up with Melissa Johnson White, who is. Um, um, she's a Hanson's, um, a Hanson's Brooks athlete. she has been that way. You know, she has been with them for like 20 or something years. She was just at the trials. So I trusted her, like her judgment. So she put a plan together for me for, um, the 2019 Detroit free press. And when I went through that plan, I realized like that, you know, if I want to achieve like these other goals, this is a long story. I, if I want to see, if I want to achieve the other goals of, you know my life um i have to try to approach it like how i'm going about this i mean not like so so regimented where you can't have fun or all this other all these other things but the cool part about a training block is like every day you have a thing to do you know and it's very specific it's not like just go run it's like go run this many miles and keep it at between these paces because it's an easy day you know take your easy days easy and then the next thing is like a workout and it's not just go run fast it's go run fast in these intervals and rest at this and do this and all it's it was so planned out and we go about these things as runners to achieve these crazy goals but then at the same time some of us or me at the time didn't take a step back and realize like oh just take the whole template of this training plan and then like apply it to like some of the other goals that i have in life and maybe if i wake up with like a plan for the week, you know, maybe some of these other things that I'm trying to tackle could, could happen. So it was, it was just changing the process or the thought process behind a goal. Um, A lot of us do goals and we say, Oh, I want to be a, I don't know. I want to be a millionaire. Right. But then we don't have a thing behind it, but we say we want to Boston qualify or something, or want to PR my next race. We'll sign up for a plan and change our diets and, do like a 16 week block that you know, almost kills us um, to get that. But then we still say, man, I really want a BMW one day, but we don't go and do the things. So that's when, I, that's what I learned from, from running. And it took me to go through a plan, like the, a training block that almost tears you apart to realize like, Oh, I'm doing this for one goal, you know, and maybe I could do this for other stuff.
0: Yeah. And I heard you say too, like, even in this race you just did yesterday, like, I don't need to use my legs this week. So let me leave it all out there today. And that's, you know, that's kind of how some of the training blocks are too. You're like, I just need to do the thing today. And then it will be put into context of the rest of the plan Mm -hmm. um, rather than like, you know, going out and running fast every single day with no plan and then ending up getting injured or not completing your goal. And I think we do that in life a lot too. We Mm -hmm. go out too fast, um, you know, or we just don't have any kind of structure and we never actually climb the ladder. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Cause it's like, I, even, even like most training plans, like the beginning of them are, you know, about speed and then second half are normally about strength. And that's just another light layer. Like you're already, I don't know how many days is in you know, the, the 16 weeks or whatever, but each day is planned out already anyway. But then on top of that, they're separated in these segments, like of One's very specific to speed and all that. Then the, towards the end, where you get close to the marathon, it's about strength and being able to handle or hold that set pace for you know longer periods of time. And it's just if if we and I mean I still could do better. Like if we sat down and mapped out like what we're gonna do for the next, just say, ten days for for one of our goals in life, I think that we after those ten days either we would have maybe accomplished it or been you know much closer than just waking up and like you said just going crazy one day and burning yourself out sitting in front of your computer for 10 hours and then you don't want to do it the next day you know just there's little things we can do just to chip away but as long as it's intentional and uh, planned you know it it just helps out a lot more in the grand scheme of things yeah
0: absolutely and like you said I mean that seems to be a way that you've thrived in the past like do you find like Having the structure with, um, you know, b- becoming sober and having the structure of like a training plan has helped you like achieve your goals. And do you find like having that accountability or that structure in some way to be helpful?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I just, I think it just like a lot of people say when you know you find out you you learn who you are. Like in a marathon, like if you run twenty six point two two miles, you'll find out some things about yourself that maybe you didn't know before. And I'll go even further to say, you know, if you do a training plan with an aggressive goal, um, for 16 or 12 to 16 weeks, you'll find out, you'll find out a lot about yourself when, like when you don't feel like doing things. Um, so I think I, I, I lean on who I am as, you know, Tommy runs as the runner when it comes to other things in life, like just the concept, but running reminds me a lot of like sobriety or, you know, the, the you know, AA, you know, the 12 step program and the concept of just taking it one day at a time. I think that's what I take away a lot from is there's a plan. They're not just saying take one day at a time and let it just come to you. And who cares? It's just one day at a time. It's like the plan is to remain sober. The plan is to get faster and run And but you just have to just deal with, do the next right thing, like at this moment, you know, Um, and do it to the best of your ability. And make sure you don't drink today. But then also for me as a runner, it's like, make sure you go put that 10 miles in or whatever it is. So I think that as I take that away, it's like when I wake up in the morning, I want to make sure that that I don't get too far ahead of myself and start thinking about, you know, stuff you know so far out that I have no control over at all. Um, and just dismissing like today, because we do that a lot, too, It's like, you know, we get so wrapped up in a big goal for work or something like that. Um that we forget about you know representing our full selves and being happy and doing things today that we can do to make our families happy our our normal lives better, stuff like that, so that's what I take away from this whole thing is you know the structure obviously, but then just taking it one day at a time and living and doing that day the best as the best you can for your loved ones and yourself,
0: yeah, and like to bring it back to the training plan too. Like if it's an easy run, make it the best, easiest, easy run that you could make it. And if it's an interval workout, you better work hard (laughs) for those interval workouts. Uh Hey everybody. I just wanted to take a minute to thank our sponsor for today's podcast episode, which is inside tracker. When you do what you love, like running, racing, enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life. Inside tracker can help. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside you and to offer you science backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then, Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals as an athlete of any level so that you can live a longer healthier life. For a limited time, Fit Cookie Nutrition podcast subscribers can get 25% off of their entire Inside Tracker order. Just go to insidetracker.com/fitcookie to take advantage of this offer or you can visit the link in the show notes. Now let's get back to our guest on today's episode.
1: Um,
0: and in terms of like your, your first marathon that you had signed up for and trained for, can you talk a little bit about like how that went and then how the progression of getting your BQ, because we you know how that ends, because you got it, um, yeah. how that came to be and like the, some of
1: the work that you put in? Um, okay. So uh, yeah, so I got with Melissa for that one and it was like a rush plan actually, like because I found her, it was in October, it was October 20th, I think was the race. I found her like in August. So it was a, kind of a short plan um but we figured it out my goal for that was to run 315 and not that I that was nowhere near a qualifier I wasn't trying to qualify I was just trying to see if I could run you know close to three And 315 at the time was based on something that I had done I think in the past I think I ran I don't even know what the number was but I think it was like a 139 um and that doesn't even break out to like 315 but I wanted to be aggressive and go with this plan So I ended up running 313, 30, uh, my first marathon. And then I was like, okay, what's next? And we just took it from there and did a half marathon to get that PR down. Um, And that was 2019. And I was going to plan on running the 2020 Glass City Marathon. So I the same race I just did yesterday. But then obviously, you know, COVID happened. But leading up to that, plan that was my second marathon training block that I was going to do and I ran in the uh Atlanta Publics half marathon the day bef- the day after the Olympic trials in Atlanta so I got to like see all the yeah I saw all the yeah cold and windy um but I saw the I got to see all the pros you know go running by and saw them and saw the the, the wind and all that stuff and saw Alafine do her thing and 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 um and Galen Rupp run past it was really cool uh, but then the next day, it was part of the plan was to go run this half and just to see where you know where I was you know, fitness wise. And Atlanta's hilly as heck, and I ran one twenty four oh five. So I'm like, okay, well that that's we're right where we need to be. If I can run one twenty four oh five here, this should mean sub three for sure. And I was training for two fifty six at the time, so like that's let's let's go. And I was ready to go. They canceled glass city like three weeks before the race and that I didn't know what to do set my sights on like a marathon in the fall ended up getting a stress fracture in my tibia mm-hmm. right yeah tibia I uh, left tibia and that was like in July ish because I was still training and trying to like keep the miles up do a couple 5k's here and there but it just I just ran myself into like the ground and I, and it wasn't necessarily, I don't think it was a volume. It, I wasn't doing all the other stuff. Like I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. I was just running, you know, like I was, it's like, you know, you're busy, you have a full-time job and kids and a wife. You're like, Hey, like I'm doing 50 something miles a week. Um, I don't have time for like foam rolling. I mean, I foam rolled when it started hurting. I, foam, I did all that. I started stretching when it was hurting, you know, I put ice when it was hurt, you know, like I did everything as a, as a, as a reaction um and it wasn't nothing was proactive at all and i just ran myself into the ground i probably should have stopped but i didn't and then next thing i a stress fracture so i was out from july to um like november like because i tried to come back too soon and then i had to sit back down it was really it was really bad and so just it killed me to not run for that long you know but i think maybe i just needed that rest so it ended up kind of being a good thing then i signed back on for like once i started running again ramped up all the way through november december Uh, this training block specifically started on the first of february it was just a 12-week block but going into it i was already at 50 miles a week so it was it was the the training block went very well so um, and it ended well, too. So that's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's great yeah. when Both of those things happen. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. And I'm sorry to hear about your stress fracture. But I mean, yeah, like, I, I think a lot of people found themselves kind of in that limbo last year of like yeah. the race got canceled, but I'll just keep maintaining fitness because maybe another one will happen and they just don't happen. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're, you know, you've done like six marathon training cycles in a row. You know? Yeah. Man, I'm tired and my body doesn't like me. Um, but that's good to kind of see that you're coming back really strong from that. Yeah. Um, what did you like in this last training block for your Boston qualifier, um, where you did 12 12 weeks um with the same coach, I'm assuming as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, I was gonna say like what did you find was different about that or the same from previous things that you had done that kind of allowed you to get to the next level?
1: Uh so going into it, I did, I was when I was waiting to get like back running, I started like doing yoga, I started doing yoga and things like that to try to work on flexibility and mobility. Um, and I think that helped out a lot. Uh, I mean, yoga is, when you think about it, it's like, Oh, it's just like yoga's really hard. You know, it, it's tough. I mean, some of those positions that they have, that you have to hold, I mean, take so much lower body strength, uh, core strength. And it was like, this is perfect. I, I mean, I could see that this helped, this could help me in the long run. Uh, no pun intended. Um, but so, so it was, uh, it was that, um, and I started, I, I learned my lesson and I did more strength training, um, foam rolled when I didn't feel like I needed to, just because got like a rack, um, uh, what's it called? The, um, lacrosse ball to, you know, get in those spots. I started going to a massage or like a recovery place here in, in Detroit. It's called a ramp Detroit and went there to get a sports massage every like once a month, you know? Um, just to work on some of the things that maybe I don't see or can't feel. And I mean, I, I really attribute the success of this block to doing the proactive work when it comes to like, you know, maintaining and taking care of your body. Um, you know, my diet didn't change much at all. Um, but I think it was just doing those things outside of running. You know, I definitely did all the miles and I, I did more. And also, the mileage got increased because I think it was like my, it was technically my third, my, Three and a half training blocks because I got hurt in the middle of one of them, but I think she trusted the fact that I was ready to take it up a notch. I and mean, I think the for the first real training block I had the first two because that, that was real as well. But I think I got to the highest. Maybe it was fifty, you know, three miles. And I think the max for the month was maybe two forty-three for a month. And this train this time around, you know, for for February I passed that, I think I was at two forty something. And then March I was 300, you know, like, so every, it was just high mileage. And I think some of my weeks were 70 miles a week for like three, four weeks in a row. Um, I think, so the mileage plus all the other stuff that surrounds running that we as runners probably don't pay much attention to. Um, but if you look at all the elites and things they take care of, I mean, they have more time because they're elites and they get paid to do this, but, if we could figure out a way to do a little bit less than what they do, but, you know, um, try to bridge that gap a bit and take care of our bodies like they do. I think that a lot of us would just have a forget a PR just I mean, you just would feel better, you know, feel feel better out there, make it a little happier, you know, less injury. I mean, because you can never people try to say that, they, that they're that they can dodge an injury or something like that. You really can't. You don't know what's going to happen, but you sure as hell can like take care of the things that you can control injury will find
0: you. Yeah. If you try to dodge it. Um, yeah. yeah, And I think, uh, when you had myself and then Diana, um, and Allie on your podcast, I think Diana was saying, she's a professional athlete. She was like, yeah, these recreational people who like have jobs and like can't nap and do all the same things we're doing are crazy. Like, I don't know how they recover from that. And the answer is that you can't really. So sometimes you have to just do less and make sure the recovery aspect is more, um, because it sounds like you were doing all the little things so that you could run more mileage successfully. Yeah. And then it paid off.
1: Yeah. Um, and the and Crazy thing. Was,
0: run more mileage without doing all those things. Yeah. Like it doesn't work.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the crazy thing was like, I figured, cause I mean, I knew that I knew halfway through, I'm like, Oh wow, we're going to 70. Like I can tell, you know, cause I, she doesn't put my plan out all the way. Like it's like week by like two weeks by two weeks. So I, she's basing it on like how I'm how I'm handling the workouts um do I feel like does it look like I'm progressing am I hurting or whatever uh so but I could tell like and I messaged her one day like so are you are we going to 70 this time she's like yeah I think we'll get to 70 so um I, I I definitely needed to do all the things around that but I thought that maybe I'm like oh this is gonna suck because I had made it through the training plan for the 2019 marathon but you know I was I was beat up you know and I was so happy for the taper. Um, This time I was happy too, but I thought that I would feel worse, but I felt better at 70 at this high mileage than I, than I ever did. So I knew going into this race that I was physically fit, ready to go. It's just, I mean, I was nervous because because, I mean, anything can happen on the day and you could go out and it's just, for some reason, you just don't feel right. Um, And I didn't feel right yesterday, actually, but it worked out. So, um, I, I tripped that to the, all the sides, the, all the extra stuff, but then the high mileage as well.
0: Yeah. I think I, I was stalking your Instagram stories today and you said like, actually I felt kind of bad yesterday, but like the training kicked in and I did it, which is yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. and that's where like just that solid training, it's a good feeling to have that under your belt on race day.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was, it, it was re- really weird. I mean, cause Mile two, like I just was like, oh, this is like I felt like tightness in my hamstrings, and I'm like, this isn't, and I and I had I've obviously done plenty of tempos, and I had never had like that, like that feeling on any of the tempo runs that I had done, and maybe it was just like the tenseness from the race and knowing what I had to do, and maybe that could you know now that I'm thinking about that could be have been one of the things that's maybe why it never happened, maybe you know why they never actually cramped up, mm-hmm. but it just was like a really tough day, for, you know, and I had to try to block it out and think about other things and just stay, you know, kept looking at my watch to make sure I was hitting the splits and making sure that I knew when to take a gel and make sure I was grabbing water every time I could. And yeah, it did end up working out. And I definitely lean on the training a lot. And I think that whoever's out there, that's like, I'll always say like, if you can figure out a way to safely run a little more mileage, if you're if you have a goal to like, to PR and, you know, you have to make sure that your your goals and PRs that you're trying to get are within reason based on your training. Like, you can't just say, like I did in the beginning, I'm going to just run faster or harder. You have to figure out a way to try to up the the training program. Your body needs to know when, when your mind is like, dude, this is it. Your body needs to know, like, oh, no, no, like, we're good. We've been here before, you know, and I'm not saying go run 26 miles as a training plan. But just you have to run on tired legs, you have to, the mileage has to be up enough for your body to understand, like, we can keep going. Yeah, it kind
0: of adapts to that stress if you give Mm -hmm. it the proper tools, and it sounds like you did, and it paid you back on race day, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, it did. It did.
0: Congrats. Um, Well, and can you tell us about um, Chip Time Running and the Run, Eat, Sleep, Repeat podcast?
1: Yeah, so yeah, so chip time running, I started chip time running in in May of tw- of 2020. Um, and I, I had, I heard run, eat, sleep, repeat on, it was one of the races, I think it might have been like the NEOs, like five, 159 challenge when Kipchoge ran, you know, 159, 40, whatever he did. Um,
0: he did that the day before my PR at the Chicago Marathon. I like woke up to that news and we were all at the start line, like, let's go <laughs> so
1: we, can, we can run to we can run run sub to any day um yeah and so he when he did when uh when he when he ran that someone i think one of the announcers said running sleep repeat is like the lifestyle and i'm like well that's perfect i mean that's a runner's life you know so i'm like i wrote that down somewhere had it on my phone i was like oh it'd be really cool on my phone if i did like a red bar across the front and had running sleep repeat like on my lock screen yeah. so i had that there for a while and then one day um and to be you know full disclosure it was like covid uh happened my 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 job was fine i, I felt secure in that um it wasn't really you know the money that hadn't changed yet for for like you know the, the impact of the coronavirus hadn't really hit me yet um but then also like the resurgence of you know black lives matter movement um i mean it was always going obviously but it you know got brought to the forefront with you know with um things that were happening last year like george floyd and uh just too many other names to even you know mention it just made me as a as a black you know man in this country with black kids you know family um i needed to feel the same part of some of the reasons for this for for me to to stop drinking was i needed to feel more control or of some sense of ownership or freedom from other things you know like things on the outside that have so much control on like all of our lives, you know? And also I wanted to make sure that like, I can't pass my job, uh, like my director of client development to my, my son or my daughter, but, you know, even if it's something small, I can, if something happened, they could have chip time running, you know, let me start something. Let me try something. Let me have some sense of ownership here and show the, show the kids that not only running, uh setting your setting your mind on something in a physical way, you could do it because that 's cool because that teaches them lessons too but in this world that we live in, you know running not everybody's going to be able to go run two twenty you know in a marathon, so you have to i wanted to be able to show them too that like they're i'm learning from this running process that I can set a goal do something scary. And and risk it and put my name and, you know, money out there to start like a a clothing company, I guess, out of nowhere. Uh, And I just wanted to do that from that standpoint and just needed to be more secure. And not that we're making, not that Chip Time's that that, like rocking and rolling yet, but (laughs) just some way to have something outside of like the normal construct of like a job, job, you know. Um, And my kids have been watching it and they've been really liking, you know, being a part of it when they can. And, you know, and I've heard like my son, like t- tell somebody else randomly about it. Like, it's like, you know, you don't have to just go around, you know, saying yeah, this. Let, you know? It, let
0: him do it. He's uh, probably like super cute too. And like, he'll say yeah. your it's great. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then, um, so that started in May. That was going pretty well. Cool. I did the run, eat, sleep week a couple of times where I wanted people to, it's like, I wanted to create some type of buzz around the concept of just like living a, a runner's life, a healthy life, you know? And I wanted people to run one mile, post a picture of it. Um, run, uh, eat one meal a day that's like healthier than normal. And and as a vegan, I was like vegan if possible, just for a week, you know, just one meal too, like not the whole thing. And then sleep six to six to eight hours. Right. And people were doing the run thing, you know, j- run, walk, jog, whatever. The eat part was getting a little sketchy. You know, people were like sending me, so people were posting pictures of like broccoli water and like an orange i'm like bro like you know that there's so many other things out here and then and then people just weren't really sleeping like people would say man i only got four hours i only got five hours so it just like wow there's something there you know and one day i wanted to just randomly talk to somebody on a on a on a instagram live but he's like yeah i'm not really that's not my thing and then i was on like a long run and they hit me like oh the run eat sleep show because the shirts say run, eat sleep repeat the running sleep show so I started it and did my first episode. People said, "This is cool. We like this. So I just let it roll. And now we're like an episode, like 45 or six or something like that. And it's been really cool. And I've had the chance to interview some really cool runners. So, and, and you too. No, oh, thank you. I'm like,
0: yeah, I'm flattered to be included in the really cool runners category. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. No, no, your show is so great. And I, I love hearing about like the kind of very like, organic like raw kind of upbringing of your company and then also the podcast too Mm -hmm. um you know i think it's there's never like a perfect time to launch something big and scary like that and i think if we're all kind of stuck in our homes and you know luckily like you said you weren't impacted financially too much by covid but you know by all means you never know (laughs) yeah know and ha- wanting to have like a legacy or something to leave your kids that's more tangible um i think is important too and it's great that it's kicked off and you've yeah. like you said, you've interviewed some great people and you're super good at it your show's awesome so people should well,
1: go check Yeah no i appreciate that like when people go oh man you're such a good host i'm like i do i'm not like a good host at all like i'm just i just talk about whatever and i try to i and i think the the cool thing about the what i wanted to try to do was you know, have like normal conversations with people that are smarter and faster than me, you know, like talking to you, I feel like, I mean, you know, so much about dietetics. Whoa, big words for me, you know? Yep. So, but I mean, you know, so much about that world and I want, you you a lot of podcasts and like information you get just flies over your head, whether it's about running and people's VO2 maxes and all this other stuff that doesn't matter to normal people. And it's not necessarily like, I can't listen to it and go do it because it's just so far out of my reach. I wanted to get like you know folks like you and and some of these people that are winning marathons at like crazy elite levels. I wanted to get them on a show to talk to them in a relatable way that someone that's you know running that's trying to run a PR of six hours in a marathon can take away from and learn from like a Jared Ward. And also somebody listening that's faster that runs a 230 can listen to that same interview and take almost the same thing away that has nothing to do with running intervals and all that stuff. Like I asked you guys on the show, like, hey, what what how can someone get faster? And no one, even Diane, who is a an elite marathoner, uh, an Olympian, no one said uh, intervals or long run or anything. It was about the stuff that we all can need to know and take away from this whole running experience. So that's what I tried to do. So I appreciate you saying I'm good at it. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. And, um, I was going to say too, like how, how, actually how old are your kids? My my daughter's 13 and my son is 10.
0: Oh, cool. So like, I mean, I was going to say, do they like listen to your episodes? Like do they kind of know who you interview or the caliber of it at all? No, no idea.
1: I I, I talk about it. And they go. My daughter's like my son doesn't even. I don't even know if he barely responds. But it's like my daughter's thirteen, so she goes, "Oh, that's cool." Like just like that, every time. Oh, that's cool. So I interviewed I'm not sure if you're familiar with Knox Robinson. Um, yeah, yeah, Black Roses. So I interviewed him, and I was so I was like I was really excited about it. Like I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is it!" Because I heard his one of his episodes or his interview with like Rich Roll, and I was like, "Oh man, like this guy's like." And I really related to like the way the way he talks, the way the way he rolls, you know, all that. So like to have him on the show was really dope. And he like legit chilled and like was burning, you know, in, like not incense, but he was like burning like um, like sage or whatever. Um, and it was just wild. Like it was a good thing and it was cool. Like he was Knox was at the race yesterday. Oh, he was. Yeah, like I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but he was at like he was at the race like with it was like camera crew and all that. So. It, yeah, me, a few of my friends that were doing like they're helping do like a documentary for like something he's he's got going on but like I went, and my daughter met him he was at the house and all this other stuff like he took pictures of this stuff behind me and I'm like when he left I'm like you remember the guy I interviewed she's like oh yeah that's cool like I'm like you are just the worst like this dude was just in our house and like any other runner would be like oh dude that's Knox you know but yeah. she just like not having, she was not having it at all
0: She's got to play it cool
1: yeah of course yeah
0: yeah, she's gotta play cool. And well, and you know, they're listening. Like you said, your son's going out going, Hey, do you know about chip time running? It's a great clothing yeah. company. I mean, so they're totally into it. It's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. They just don't wanna let me know. I get it.
0: Right. No, they can't let you know because then then it's not cool anymore. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Like they can't like they can't let me think that I I that I'm cool. Cause then if, if I think I'm cool, it's all over because I get a little wild if I think I'm cool. That's awesome i love it well yeah and where can people find the running sleep repeat show and chip time running so chip time running they can find both on on instagram at at chip time running so it's like you know like your chip time for your bib you know uh, when you cross the finish line it's not about your watch time it's about the chip time uh so chip time running on instagram i do the the clothing line um is on website chiptimerunning.com i was going to do the www part but that's kind of weird so chiptimerunning.com and then also on Instagram, it's at chiptimerunning.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And the running sleep show
1: is there as well. Running Sleep Show is there. Um, I do the episodes and all that stuff through that as well. So um, it's it's all it's it's like it's cool because they they can find it on the podcast platforms as well. So anywhere you listen to podcast platforms, if you're out there running and doing whatever you need to do or working out, you can listen to it. But then you can go see like the live version of it um not live anymore but the IGTV, the igtv version of it and it's um it's been pretty cool and they live there so soak it all up
0: yeah well you record them live too so if they want to like you know come in for an episode and watch it
1: live they totally yeah I, I think that's cool too i mean because like people like ask questions i try my best to like throw them in there if they make sense people ask weird questions though but it's like i have sometimes i like okay i'm not asking that one at all but um you can ask questions and and it seems like all the guests so far the way i handle it they're really open to to that that concept and you know if you can get um sarah hall on the thing and she actually answers your question you know that's really cool like it's, it's an interaction that we don't really normally get so um yeah tune in live or after the fact or on on a podcast
0: yeah, absolutely. That is a cool feeling to have someone answer your questions like, oh, what a good day. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. I want to take you through some like rapid fire questions. Oh, no. Oh, um, you just finished really fast yesterday. You'll be fine. Um, at answering questions fast, too. <laughs> it's yeah. totally the same thing. OK. Um, <laughs> all right. First question. What are your favorite running shoes?
1: Uh, Nike, Vaporfly, Next Percent.
0: Interesting. Are, how many of them are in the background there?
1: Uh, three, uh, one, two, three. Well, these are dead. And that one's the new one that I ran yesterday. in.
0: you ran? okay. I was going to ask if you ran in them yesterday. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, and what's your favorite running distance? Like what race would you prefer to run?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I guess at the moment, maybe a half marathon. Half marathon? Me
0: too. It's yeah. my favorite distance. It doesn't destroy me, but it still feels really hard. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite Oreo flavor? I already know the answer to this, but I want people to know.
1: Yeah, original. Like the normal one. Um, double stuffed.
0: Yes. Excellent yeah. excellent flavor. Yeah. Um, all right. And now the final end of the podcast question. So, I don't know if this happened for you yesterday, but picture yourself running through the finish line of like a great unicorn day kind of race, like it went perfectly. You're finishing super strong. What song is playing to embody how you're feeling?
1: Oh, man. Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, for me, uh, I don't know the name of the song that I was playing yesterday, but I was feeling it when I was coming in. But for me, I'm a, like I'm a hip hop guy. So I think like there's I can't remember the name of it. but There's a young Jeezy song um, that I that I play. And I think it's on one of the posts that I put up about the race. So um, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it it'd be young Jeezy.
0: I'll have to look it up. I'm, I'm putting together like the most epic playlist ever for the answers to this question because yeah. they're all great. They're all freaking great answers. Young yeah, I think. Want it yet, so congrats.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I think it'd be that because it, it's just, it's, it's like really kind of arrogant a little bit. And he, he's kind of feeling himself and he's, he's getting into it.
0: I love it. I yeah. love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I hope you recover your legs and I'm mm. excited to see what's in store for you next.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to wait to see what happens this summer and then start getting ready for Boston next year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be here so fast. I'm so excited for you.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll talk soon, Tommy. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Tommy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciated learning more about your running journey. And honestly, there are so many other things that I wanted to ask you, like more about your your veganism, more about your sobriety journey. And I really appreciated you sharing all of that on the show today. And maybe we'll just have to have you back for another episode to dive into more of that. If you are looking for highly individualized nutrition coaching and training programming, you are welcome to apply to work with me in my one-on-one coaching program. You can visit the link in my bio to apply, um, to set up a free discovery call so that we can chat more about your goals if we're a good fit and the different services that I offer that may be a good fit for you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, guys. And until next time, happy running. Yeah.